Clara and the Maze of Qui Palta by Susan Kalman. The doctor stood at the door of the living room, his head cocked to one side like a curious sparrow. Clara sighed heavily, turned to face him, placed her hands very deliberately on her hips, and spoke in a tone that warned of impending annoyance. What? Why do you keep staring at me? Have I grown a horn from the middle of my forehead? As Clara glowered at him, the doctor tried in vain to diffuse the tension by saying all the words in his head at once. No, no, of course you haven't, and even if you did have a horn in the middle of your head, you wouldn't need me to tell you about it. For a start, the force of keeping your head in an upright position would put extra strain on your neck, meaning that you would have already realised you were staring at the floor a lot, what with the big heavy horn in the middle of your face. Clara narrowed her eyes as the doctor babbled on. On the other hand, if you did have a horn on your head, imagine how useful that would be. You could store bits of paper on it, eat sushi with it. I know you like sushi. It's healthy and tasty at the same time, and so very tiny and perfect. In fact, I often think how good it would be if I could eat it on the go, you know. Perhaps if I had a horn growing from the middle of my forehead to keep it on. His stream of consciousness slowly ground to a halt as Clara started tapping her foot. The doctor knew that hands on hips and a tapping foot were signs of a dangerous level of annoyance for Clara. Well, what is it then, she said. What's so fascinating about my face? The doctor gulped, carefully choosing his words. Well, it's, it's not so much your face as your hair, actually. You just appear to have something in it. It's, it's all sort of lumpy. Clara put her hands to her head and ran them through her hair. As she did so, a shower of popcorn cascaded to the floor. One little bit remained fixed in place, though, and stood proudly on top of her head, making her look like a cupcake with a cherry on top. Great! Now I have to clean this up as well. Clara flopped down onto the sofa and sighed. The doctor quickly sat down next to her, taking the bit of popcorn from her head and eating it before she realised it was there. I love Artie and Angie, but sometimes I feel like all I do is clean up after them. The doctor nodded because he knew that's what he was supposed to do. Meanwhile, he was quietly and slowly chewing what was turning out to be a very stale piece of toffee popcorn that refused to be eaten no matter how hard he tried. I got excited the other day trying out a new fabric softener. Can you imagine? A new fabric softener. Life on Earth can be pretty dull sometimes. The doctor nodded again. Somehow the toffee had made a bond between his teeth. His jaws felt like they were being superglued together. He grinned manically, trying desperately to prise his molars apart. Clara appeared to take this as an encouraging sign. But the solution is right here, isn't it? Well, not right here, but right outside. The TARDIS. We should go somewhere new. Mix things up a bit. The doctor's teeth remained firmly stuck together. He had no choice but to continue to nod. The more he did so, the more excited Clara got. Yes, she enthused. Somewhere beautiful, somewhere magnificent. As far away from fabric softener as you can get. She jumped up, put on her jacket and went to the front door. Come on then, we've got an adventure to go on. And you can stop nodding now. You're excited, I get it. 
Clara disappeared through the front door and walked purposefully towards the TARDIS. At last, with an aggressive and somewhat uncomfortable wrench, the doctor managed to disconnect his mandibles from the sticky treat. He let out a huge gasp of relief and rubbed his jaw. Looks like we're going on a trip then, he muttered. On his way to the front door, he stopped, turned suddenly and eyed the pile of popcorn on the floor. He bent down quickly and stuffed a handful in his pocket. Just in case I need a snack. We are going on an adventure, after all. Inside the TARDIS, Clara clapped her hands gleefully. This was her favourite bit of any adventure, the not knowing exactly what was about to happen. She watched as the Doctor flicked switches and knobs on the console, moving from one to the other in a seemingly random order. It was like he was dancing to an invisible tune only he could hear. Beautiful and magnificent, you say, he said. Away from everyday life, I hear you ask. I think I have just the place. Clara gripped the railings as the TARDIS tumbled and turned its way through space and time. She was sure that the Doctor was making the ship fly with even more speed and vigour than usual, just to cheer her up. So where are we going? she asked. The Doctor threw another piece of popcorn into his mouth and started chewing. Fortunately for him, this piece wasn't as stale or as sticky as its predecessor, and he happily chewed and swallowed it before taking another piece and popping it in his mouth. That's more like it, he said to himself, and Clara glanced at him quizzically. He spun the TARDIS monitor round, revealing a message on the screen. It's a surprise. They bumped to a halt and Clara whooped, punching the air with delight. This is what she loved, time away from babysitting and laundry and all the boring bits of everyday life. Laughing, she ran across the control room, ready for the TARDIS door to swing open. When it did, though, she had to turn away suddenly, covering her eyes. The interior of the ship had been flooded with the brightest sunlight she'd ever seen. Use these, Miss Oswald. The doctor threw her a pair of sunglasses, which she put on. Her eyes quickly adjusted to the sunlight and the doctor joined her at the door, wearing a matching pair. Sunglasses are cool, said the doctor, as he stepped out into the sunshine. Clara could barely conceal her joy as she took in their surroundings. Everything sparkled and shimmered, and vibrant colours sprang from every nook and cranny of the bright white buildings that littered the landscape. Houses and shops rose out of the terracotta earth, and it was as though a giant had looked down on the planet and dropped the buildings in a pretty arrangement. A vast, glowing city spread out in front of them like ripples from the waves. The doctor stood in the middle of the street and opened his arms wide. Welcome to Qui Palta, voted most beautiful city in the galaxy three years in a row by readers of Space Health Monthly. You made that up, doctor. I did not. How do you think I keep in such exceptional shape? I particularly enjoy Space Health's pull-out sections on exercise while in zero gravity. Amazing what you can do with a bag of rice and some rope. Clara hugged the doctor quickly and started to walk down the street. Together they wandered slowly through the city, peering into doorways, standing at the top of winding stairways, breathing in the fresh air deeply. There were signs everywhere for treatments and spas, deck chair rentals and sweet treats. But as they explored, Clara grew increasingly uneasy. 
Something very important was very obviously missing from this beautiful place. After a while, they came to a small shady square. As the doctor moved forward, Clara grabbed his arm. Doctor, don't you think there's something strange about this place? The doctor shrugged, apparently unconcerned. It seems perfectly lovely to me, maybe a little warm for my liking, but I'll get used to it. Clara shook her head. No, not the weather. There's no one else here, not a single soul. We've been past all these spas and things, so why isn't there anyone in them? Customers, staff, anyone? The doctor seemed to reconsider. He narrowed his eyes and slowly swept the horizon with them. Hmm, I suppose it is a little odd. It was a lot busier the last time I was here. The queue for the hot tubs went right round the block. Maybe it's a bank holiday weekend. Clara smiled. The idea of an alien planet having a bank holiday seemed ridiculous. She was still uneasy, though. It was so very quiet. More than that, it was completely deserted. Seeing her frown, the doctor tried to lighten her mood. Well, sometimes people just move on. Maybe they found the constant sunshine a bit too much. I may even have to take my jacket off soon, which, as you know, is a very occasional event. Now, let me show you the bluest water you'll ever see. He held out his hand and Clara took it. They trotted down some steps carved from stone. On either side was a stream that gurgled and stuttered its way to a pool so blue it looked like it had been painted by an artist. Nothing should be that perfect a shade of blue, Clara thought, but she kept it to herself. The doctor didn't seem worried. She was probably being too cautious. They carried on and eventually reached the crest of a hill. From where they stood, the doctor pointed out the various temples below, each ornate and intricate in their design. Here and there between the white buildings of the city were forests of tall bushes laden with yellow flowers. Some stood as high as the buildings themselves, and they waved as one with the gentle breeze like reeds in the water. The doctor took a deep breath and exhaled noisily. Clara did the same, taking in a huge lungful of air. She immediately sneezed, a violent, noisy sneeze that reverberated around the streets like a small explosion. Oh dear, that was a loud one. Take this. The doctor pulled his handkerchief from his top pocket and passed it to Clara. You seem to need it more than I do. Clara dabbed her nose with the hanky, then put it in her jacket pocket. The doctor scrunched up his face, looking out over the bright, sunlit city. Putting one hand on his hip, he placed a foot upon a convenient rock and gestured with his free hand at the great outdoors. Sometimes, Clara, he said grandly, it's important to stop and smell the flowers, to get away from all the rush and bother, to take a deep breath and enjoy the beauty. Lovely, isn't it, Clara? Clara? She had disappeared from the doctor's side. He spotted a shady alleyway behind him, the only place Clara could have gone, and walked quickly down it, calling her name. The alleyway soon broadened out and he spotted her, sunglasses in her hand, squinting at a wooden sign. It was weather-worn and obviously very old, with faded writing that was only just legible. The Maze of Quee Palter, Clara read aloud. How exciting! A puzzle to solve! Clara grinned at the doctor, who had come to stand beside her. 
This place is gorgeous, but there's not much else to do, is there? Let's go in. The doctor groaned. Oh, come on, doctor. Mazes are fun. Fun, he scoffed. Hardly. Not much of a challenge, are they? Mazes are a simple matter of mathematics. I could solve any maze in the galaxy quicker than you could say Dalek smell. Mazes are rubbish. Let's look in the temples instead. Lots of lovely temples round here. The doctor turned to walk on, but Clara stopped him in his tracks with one sentence. Are you worried you won't be able to solve it, doctor? Is that it? She gasped theatrically. What if this is the one maze that defeats the doctor? I mean, if you don't want to take it on, that's fine. It's a pretty big looking maze. I suppose someone else will come along and solve it eventually. The doctor turned round slowly, narrowing his eyes at Clara. Then, without a word, he took her hand and dragged her into the maze, his face splitting into a big grin as they ran. The sound of Clara's laughter echoed off the empty city's walls. Clara and the doctor only stopped running when they found themselves suddenly faced with a wall. Tall by any measurements, it was dwarfed by the gigantic yellow flowers that created an archway just in front of it. They could choose one of two options, go left or go right. Well, doctor, Clara said, show me how easy this maze solving is then. Smirking, the doctor walked confidently along the left-hand passage, gesturing for Clara to follow. They wandered for a while in companionable silence. It was pleasantly cool, far nicer than being in the blazing sunshine, and Clara felt herself relaxing. Even the fact that Quee Palta was so quiet stopped bothering her. This was fun. At the doctor's instruction, they took every left-hand turn available. The doctor seemed pretty confident with his strategy, even waggling his eyebrows at Clara occasionally, as if to remind her of his genius. But Clara soon started to have her doubts. When they passed a rock that looked like a grumpy frog for what she felt sure was the third time since they had entered the maze, she stopped. The doctor was a few paces up ahead of her. Without him noticing, she bent down and gently turned the stone so that the frog was facing the wall. Then she stood up again and hurried after the doctor. Just a few minutes later, they rounded another corner. And there it was! The little frog with its face turned to the wall, looking as though it had been banished to the corner for misbehaving. Doctor, stop! What? We're nearly there! No, we're not. We've been this way already. Look at the frog! The doctor moved towards Clara, a concerned look on his face. Have you had too much sun? I knew I should have brought the fez. Or are you hungry? I have lots of popcorn. He reached into his pocket and pulled out a handful of toffee popcorn, sticky and oozing in the heat, bits of pocket fluff all over it. I'm not hungry and I don't have heat stroke. I've seen this rock before, Clara insisted, pointing at the rock. The last time we passed it, I turned it to face the wall so I could be absolutely sure that we are definitely going round in circles. The doctor made a noise that sounded rather like psh. He shook his head. Of course we aren't lost. This is a tiny little maze in a tiny part of the city. Look. He pointed to the top of the wall next to them. We can still see the big yellow flowers at the tops of the temples. This maze can't be more than half a mile long at best. We just need to find the right formula and we'll be out in a jiffy, okay? They set off again, 
this time taking every right-hand path, turning and turning and turning, and with every passing moment, Clara became even more uneasy. Before long, they turned another corner and found themselves staring at the frog again. Clara couldn't help it now. She was starting to panic. Her worst fear as a child had been of getting lost, and here they were on an alien planet in a maze with no exit to be found. Can't you just use the screwdriver to locate the TARDIS and find a way out, she said. What, already? the doctor replied. You're such a maze killjoy. We've hardly even started enjoying ourselves. I think I'd like to get back to the TARDIS now. We must have been in here for at least an hour. All right, the doctor said petulantly, but only if you acknowledge that I definitely could have solved this maze very easily, but you were the one who wanted to give up. Fine, Clara folded her arms. You know exactly what you're doing. I believe you. And? And what? The doctor raised his eyebrows. You are the king of the maze. Are you happy now? Can we please go? The doctor grinned and nodded vigorously. Since you have admitted I am the maze solver supreme, we can leave. Let's go and have a good laugh about this over a nice cooling lemonade. He pulled the sonic screwdriver from his pocket and held it above his head triumphantly. A persistent beeping emanated from it, but the tone of the beeps didn't change as the doctor walked slowly along the path. There was no sign at all to indicate whether they were getting closer to the TARDIS or not. It was as if the world outside the maze simply didn't exist. Hmm, something seems to be broken, the doctor said, holding the sonic in front of him and peering closely at it. It isn't connecting with the TARDIS. He hit the screwdriver a few times with his hand, then held it aloft once more and walked onwards. But still the tone of the beeps didn't change. The doctor switched the sonic off and on again. Sometimes the simplest solutions are the best. But the sonic still wasn't behaving as it should. They walked for another twenty minutes, with the sonic's constant unchanging beeping accompanying every step, and yet the TARDIS seemed to stay out of reach. Clara leaned against a wall, defeated and tired. The doctor tried to lift her spirits. He crouched down beside her and smiled. Sometimes even Time Lord technology can be temperamental. Don't despair. You forget I have at my disposal the most powerful weapon in the universe. With a flourish, he pulled from his pocket a small piece of white chalk. Let's do things the old-fashioned way, shall we? The doctor scrawled on the wall. The doctor was here. He then drew an arrow pointing left along the passage they then took. As they rounded each corner, the doctor marked their progress with a different message. Things like TARDIS forever and Daleks suck, every time throwing a big smile in Clara's direction. She couldn't help but be comforted by his apparent nonchalance, drawn into his irresistible orbit. But when they rounded a corner to find their original message, the doctor was here, waiting for them. Clara started to feel very uneasy again. That's fine, it just means we have to go the other way. To the right, cried the doctor, and they ran on. By this time the sun had started to set, casting long shadows around them. Dark corners loomed towards them, and their pace quickened. They turned yet another corner and read TARDIS forever, then ran the next. Cybermen just want to have fun. 
There was no denying it now. This was no ordinary maze. They were trapped, walking round and round in endless circles. The doctor had stopped smiling now, and his face looked uncharacteristically grim. A heavy silence descended between the two of them, and without uttering a word, they stumbled on through the shadows until they found themselves facing a wall twice as high as any they had seen so far. Clara gasped when she saw what was drawn on it. Arrows, hundreds and hundreds of arrows, of all sizes, pointing in every direction. Clara, yes, doctor, I think this maze might not be as simple as I first thought. You think? What we need to do is keep going, perhaps just a little bit more quickly than before. The doctor held out his hand and Clara took it. In his other hand, he held the sonic screwdriver. He lifted it up and a beam of light lit the now darkened path ahead of them. Together they ran onwards. Gradually the maze started to change. Small yellow flowers, miniatures of those that surrounded the city, appeared on the walls, in the gaps between stones and in the crevices of the ground. Suddenly Clara stopped and let out a cry. Doctor, look! She pointed to the end of the long passageway in front of them, where a figure was sitting on the ground, one arm outstretched as if warning strangers to stay away. The doctor held his sonic screwdriver higher, throwing light over the figure. Hello there, he called, but the figure remained motionless. Why aren't they moving? Clara whispered. Maybe they're just a bit tired, the doctor replied, but he didn't sound very convincing. They inched towards the figure, and the doctor called out another cheerful greeting, but there was still no reply. In fact, it was so quiet that Clara was sure she could hear her heart beating through her chest, louder than a drum. Are they dead? she whispered as they neared the figure. The doctor reached out with the sonic to illuminate the figure slumped against the wall, only to discover it wasn't a person at all. It was a skeleton. The tatters of clothes hung off the bones. One knee was propped up, supporting an arm, which was perpetually stretched out as if to indicate to passers-by an escape route from the maze that the skeleton would never find. The doctor gulped. If he's not dead, then he's very much in need of a good dinner. Clara reached forward and gently touched the middle finger of the bony hand. The entire finger wobbled, then fell and hit the ground with a thud. Doctor, I don't think this is a good sign. There was a small crunching noise, and the doctor and Clara watched in horror as the skeleton's skull shuddered, as though nodding in agreement, then dropped from the body and slowly rolled away into the darkness. Not everyone is cut out for puzzles, Clara. This fellow just didn't keep his head. Clara stared at the doctor, not even his terrible jokes could stop her from being frightened now. Seeing the look on her face, his weak smile faded. Come on, let's keep moving. They ran in step with each other, checking over their shoulders every few seconds, as though to make sure an invisible enemy wasn't on their heels. Everywhere Clara looked, she saw evidence of others who had also become trapped in the maze. A discarded shoe, a notebook, lines that looked horribly like fingernail marks on the walls. Darker and darker and darker it got, deeper and deeper and deeper they ran. At the entrance to a familiar-looking passage, the doctor stopped. 
This is new, he remarked, breathing heavily. We've definitely been here before, but this wall wasn't here last time. He approached the new obstacle, a wall lower than the others within the maze, which only came up to his shoulder, but which cut directly across their path. He peeked over the top to check what was on the other side, then turned to Clara and shrugged. Well, this is interesting. On the other side, the path simply carries on. The wall is definitely new, though. Well, should we go over it? Of course, when a wall like this appears in a devious Trixie maze, its purpose must be to prevent people from getting to the exit. The doctor pulled himself to the top of the wall, scrabbling and groaning as he heaved himself aloft. See? King of the maze! he exclaimed, throwing his arms up, then quickly regretting the move when he started to wobble. Doctor, this is not the time for messing about. Sorry, the time for messing about is first thing in the morning, as everyone knows. Right, give me your hand and I'll help you over the top. Clara stood so the toes of her shoes were brushing the wall. She stretched her arms up as the doctor leaned down, but just as their hands touched there was a noise, a rumble. It started quietly then grew and grew until the vibrations were shaking Clara's teeth. What's happening? she shouted. I have no idea, the doctor yelled in return. Maybe you should come down from that wall. What? I can't hear you. I said maybe you should come down from that wall. I'll need to come down from this wall. I can't hear a thing. The doctor moved to jump back down when he was suddenly thrown into the air. Initially, he felt as though he was floating, like he had somehow been catapulted into the atmosphere. But after only a split second, he realised that the wall itself was rising. With incredible speed, it shot higher and higher into the sky. He hugged the bricks tightly, his cheeks wobbling as the air rushed past him, the temperature dropping as he watched the city fall away below him. Clara! He yelled as far, far below him she became a dot barely bigger than a speck of dust. On the ground, Clara watched the doctor fly up and away from her. Come back! Don't you dare leave me here! She stretched an arm out towards him, but snatched it back when she realised that she was echoing the skeleton, that poor person who had ended up trapped in the maze forever. Doctor! The doctor couldn't hear Clara's cry. He was still ascending, faster and faster. Then, as suddenly as he had started climbing, he stopped. Carefully, he raised his head, looking around nervously in case the wall started to move again. It didn't, so he risked looking down to see where he was, shaking his head to clear it. Everything was topsy-turvy and his senses were dulled. As he focused his eyes, he saw that despite feeling as though he should be in the clouds, he wasn't actually that high above the city at all. He searched for landmarks, for anything he had seen before, temples or markets, but there was nothing familiar. Instead, stretching from horizon to horizon was the maze, twisting and turning and flowing seemingly without end. It was as if the whole planet was a maze. But how could that be? When they'd landed here... The maze hadn't even been visible, not even from the hilltops in the city. Though reluctant to admit he'd been defeated by the maze, the doctor decided it was probably time to put his secret plan B in motion. To call the TARDIS into the maze, using the key in his pocket, and get off this planet as soon as possible. Things were getting a bit too dangerous, even by his standards.
The doctor was so wrapped up in his thoughts that he didn't notice the wall begin to slowly descend again. Only when he heard Clara shouting did he realise that he was moving gradually downwards, a gentle breeze ruffling his hair. At last, the wall came to a halt back in its original position. Clara was eager for information. What could you see from up there? Could you see the way out? She was clearly still frightened, so the doctor made a decision, one of the decisions he often had to make when he needed to protect the people he loved. Yes, I could, he replied confidently. It's not far away, but I think we should take a shortcut and call the TARDIS for a lift. Clara clasped her hands together in relief. You've got the key in your pocket. Why didn't you say so? Well, since I am the maze master extraordinaire, I don't like to take the easy way out. But it is rather dark in here now, and I could do with a cup of tea, and this doesn't appear to be your usual sort of maze. Clara sighed in exasperation. You don't say. The doctor ignored her. First thing, though, let's get over this wall in case it decides to move again. The doctor held out his hand, but this time Clara hesitated. Trust me the doctor said. She took hold of his hand and he hoisted her up. The two of them tumbled over the wall, ending up in a heap on the ground. Clara laughed, and it was a good feeling, a nice change from the fear the maze had churned up inside her. The doctor smiled. Right then. Tardis? Yes, please. The doctor put his hand in his pocket. But, to his horror, the key wasn't there. Perhaps he had put it in the other pocket, or in the inside pocket for safekeeping. He searched, keeping the smile on his face. But as his scrabbling became more and more desperate, Clara realised something was wrong. Don't tell me you've lost it. The doctor dropped to the ground and started to search around in the dirt. I must have dropped out of my pocket when the wall moved. Has to be here somewhere. Clara looked around desperately, hoping to spot a glint of metal in the dirt. Maybe it's on the other side of the wall, she said hopefully. The doctor threw his hands up. Of course it is. He walked towards the wall, but as he did, it moved once more, shooting into the air and blocking any chance of getting to the other side. The doctor turned slowly back to Clara. Even he was going to struggle to put a positive spin on this. Clara, I think we may have to consider that we might just be a little bit lost. Clara sighed and shook her head, wiping the dirt from her hands. Come on, Oswald, chin up. A maze is simply a puzzle, and this just happens to be a very, very good one. This is absolutely not the time to panic. We need to find the way out. Clara looked exhausted, but the doctor persisted. Come on, we've been in worse scrapes than this. A brick wall can't be more frightening than the Dalek, can it? Clara raised her eyebrows. The doctor simply pointed down the passageway ahead of them. Onwards. They set off in silence, Clara's face set in a steely expression of grim determination. As they walked, she felt sweat trickling down her brow. The air seemed to be closing in around them, and even though the maze remained shrouded in darkness, it felt as though it was getting warmer. The walls, all partially covered with great blossoms of the ever-present yellow flowers, seemed nearer and tighter than before, the turns more frequent and extreme. 
Clara started to feel lightheaded and sick. It was as if the maze was whirling around her. Then she saw something move a little way up ahead. Doctor, stop, she whispered, grabbing him. What is it? Why are we whispering? I don't think we're alone, she said, pointing to where she'd seen the movement. I saw something up there. Maybe it's someone else trapped in here. We could ask them for help finding the way out. She suddenly sneezed again, trying to stifle the noise with the doctor's hanky as best as she could. Now was really not the time to be making sudden loud noises. The doctor shook his head. No, if they're trapped in here, they won't know where the exit is, will they? Clara was determined. She spoke quietly and firmly. I'm going over. You can wait and see what happens. If I need rescuing, you can jump in. Before the doctor could argue, Clara started to edge slowly towards where she had seen the movement. Hello, she said, trying to keep her voice light and cheerful. Hello, is there someone there? As she moved closer, she was sure she could discern a figure shrouded behind the yellow flowers covering the wall. With every step, the figure seemed to move closer and became more clearly human in form. Are you trapped here as well? We don't want to hurt you. We, we just need some help. Clara hesitated. Say something, please. The doctor who had crept along behind Clara was ready to pounce at the slightest whiff of danger. Clara was now within touching distance of the figure, only the hanging curtain of yellow flowers between them. With one swift move, she reached out and brushed the flowers away, and screamed. The doctor shot forward, gangly limbs tangling with each other, making his attack seem more like a puppy running for its dinner than anything that might threaten someone. Clara, out of the way, he shouted, as he struck out at the figure. He yelped as his knuckles made contact with something solid, the impact reverberating through his body. Doctor, it's me! What do you mean it's you? He said, hopping around in the dirt and clutching his hand to his chest. Look, it's me! It's a mirror! Still wincing, the doctor watched as Clara moved the flowers to one side and gestured at the wall. It was indeed a mirror, and as he looked around, he saw that mirrors had appeared everywhere. The walls of the maze were now made of glass instead of stone. There were even some reflective surfaces on the ground. It's like the fun fair in Brighton, Clara said. A hall of mirrors. She was right. The mirrors varied vastly. They weren't all flat and perfect. Some were warped, and the reflections were contorted, ugly, squat and stretched. Clara... This is far more than a normal maze. This is something far worse than a normal maze. Clara moved to the doctor's side. Would now be the time to panic? He looked at her. Panic is a strong word, Clara. Let's move to be more concerned first, shall we? Short of any better ideas by this time, the doctor and Clara carried on through the maze, but the mirrors made their progress difficult. They soon became dizzy and disorientated as they whirled and lurched round corner after corner. Clara felt her breathing becoming louder and louder and it echoed in her eardrums until there was a constant hum in her ears. It was unbearable. Lungs almost bursting from the effort, she shouted, I can't tell what's real and what isn't. 
Don't look at the walls, the doctor called back. Keep your eyes on the ground. It'll stop you from feeling sick. It was like being stuck in a terrible nightmare. It began to seem they had been trapped in this awful maze forever, and indeed it soon became evident they had been running around in circles for several hours, as eventually the gentle light of a new day started to illuminate the pathways and passages ahead of them. Abruptly, the mirrors disappeared, and the Doctor and Clara stepped into an area that was definitely new. A courtyard brilliantly lit with sunshine, the walls solid and bright white as if freshly painted. Clara could suddenly see and breathe and think clearly again. Well, look at this, the doctor said, pointing at one wall of the courtyard. Three sturdy doorways, each identical in structure and each with a large exit sign hanging above it, faced them. Three doors. Which is the right one? The doctor muttered, stroking his chin thoughtfully. This was clearly another puzzle, but as with all the other obstacles they had faced in the maze, there didn't seem to be any rhyme or reason to it. It was chaotic, like the maze itself had been left to dream up its own twisted, nonsensical challenges. Knowing how important it was that Clara believed they were going to get out of here, and that he believed it too, he stated with certainty, It's the middle one, of course. Doctor, it can't be as simple as just picking the middle door. Of course it can. It's always the middle one. This maze just wants you to think this puzzle is more complicated than it actually is. Mark my words, when faced with three doors, always go through the middle one. Every time. No doubt. Clara sighed. We should go through together, just in case anything happens. The doctor nodded. Yes, together. He put his hand on the doorknob and turned. It rotated easily and they both heard the click of a lock opening. See, he said, it's always the middle door. He opened the door as far as it would go, but all that waited for them on the other side was darkness. Hand in hand, the doctor and Clara stepped through it. After a few seconds in the darkness, the doctor bumped into something solid in front of him. Seems we've got another door here, he hissed to Clara. He turned the handle until they heard the familiar click, then opened this new door. They were immediately blinded by sunlight. They'd finally made it out. <laughs> Clara cheered and hugged the doctor. Slowly her eyes adjusted to the light. Shading her face from the glare, Clara saw the doctor doing the same thing, and then she realised what had really happened. They hadn't escaped. They had walked through the middle door and then come back through the exact same door. They were back in the courtyard again, in front of the three doors exactly where they'd started. We didn't turn round, did we? Clara asked. Maybe we did. It, it was dark. Let's try again. Once more they walked through the middle door and a few seconds later walked out into the courtyard again. I'm not sure it is always the middle door, Doctor. Clara walked towards the door on the left. Maybe we should try the others. She turned the doorknob and gestured to the Doctor to follow her into the now familiar darkness, then opened the door that they had found beyond and walked through the middle door again, back into the courtyard. This is fine, Clara said in a deliberately calm, controlled tone. It just means that the real exit must be this one. She walked purposely to the door to the right of the middle door and opened it. 
The doctor stayed where he was, watching Clara disappear through the right-hand door. Almost immediately, she bumped straight into him as she reappeared through the middle door. For a moment, their eyes locked. Is this it? Clara wondered. After everything that they had been through, would this be the end? The doctor was the one who had brought them here. He thought that this place would be fun, beautiful, even relaxing. But when Clara looked at him now, she only felt fear, because for maybe the first time since they travelled together, he looked lost, as lost as she was. Then the doctor turned his head sharply. He'd spied something in his peripheral vision, something he hadn't noticed before. Had it been in the courtyard all this time? It was a narrow passageway between two walls, covered in yellow flowers, tiny, but definitely there. Clara, over here! he said, walking over to the passageway. As he peered down it, he could see another courtyard a short distance away. This could be it, he whispered to himself, turning back to Clara. But Clara was nowhere to be seen. On the opposite side of the courtyard, he saw that another passageway had appeared. It was the mirror image of the one he stood next to. Doors, mirrors, passageways, mirror, passageways. The maze was throwing everything it had at them. Clara, the doctor yelled, sprinting across the courtyard, desperate to catch her before they lost each other for good. He tore down the passageway, gasping for breath as he reached the mirror courtyard and gave another enormous cry, every ounce of his being behind it. Clara Oswald, answer me! He listened, nothing but silence. And then he heard it, far away and quiet, but definitely there. Doctor! Where are you? Clara, I'm here. Move towards my voice. Clara was in another part of the maze. She had gone through the middle door again and this time found herself in a different courtyard. When she had turned to look for the three doors, however, she had discovered to her horror that they had disappeared. She was sitting on the ground trying to work out her next move when she heard the doctor calling her name. Keep talking, she called back. I'll try to find you. She stood up and listened carefully. Okay, um, hello. I'm in a maze, she heard him saying, and despite her fear, she smiled. He was rambling. It's not the kind of maze that I like. Usually I prefer one in the garden of a nice castle or something. Somewhere you can get an ice cream if it gets too hot. I mean, it's not my fault. Well, well, it's kind of is my fault, but... Last time I was here, I got an amazing pedicure. I didn't think I'd like it, but once you've had your toenails clipped by a tiny air-breathing shark-like creature who uses his actual teeth, you'll never go back. As the doctor rattled on, Clara worked her way towards him. Finally, she was sure that she was right beside him, but between them stood a wall that was too tall to climb over and too thick to knock down. Doctor, she interrupted him. I'm here. Can you hear me? On the other side of the wall, the doctor pressed his hands to the brick, as if by touching them he could get closer to her. Clara, I can hear you. Are you okay? I'm fine. I can't see a way of getting through this wall to you, though. Is there a way through it on your side? I'll see. The doctor had already started patting the bricks and working his way methodically along the wall, searching for any sign of a potential weak point or gap. Sing a song so I can tell where you are. 
Why do I need to sing? Can't I just talk? No, sing. Singing is easier to follow than talking. That is a fact. There was a moment's silence. Then Clara reluctantly started humming a tune. Louder than that, shouted the doctor. Give it some welly. Clara started to sing loudly. Amplified by the echoes, her voice seemed to stretch up to the sky. She stopped to cough and suddenly sneezed. She took out the doctor's hanky and blew her nose. She sneezed again. Keep singing, Clara! The doctor sounded further away, so she started singing again. But her nose was blocked. Doctor! <coughs> Come back! She called, coughing. You're going the wrong way! She was seized by a fit of sneezing. How strange. What could be making her sneeze? She didn't feel like she was coming down with a cold. She coughed with such force that she had to grab onto the wall to steady herself. As she did so, she brushed against one of the yellow flowers. From it cascaded a waterfall of yellow dust, a shower of tiny pellets that floated in the air around her like a mist. It couldn't be as simple as that, could it? Clara dropped to the ground, immediately placing the hanky over her nose and mouth. As she took shallow breaths, things slowly began to change in front of her eyes. The walls started to shimmer and became more and more transparent. That was it! The very flowers that the doctor had insisted they should stop to smell were trapping them. Clara wasn't sure whether it was a hallucinogenic effect or not, all she knew was that the longer she stayed on the ground breathing through the hanky, the more the walls disappeared. In the distance she could see a figure. It was the doctor. He was running round and round in a circle. It would have been comical to watch if it wasn't so terrifying. Clara now realised that there were no walls. There had never been any walls. But the doctor was still seeing them. Doctor! I know what's happened! she called. I'm coming for you, Clara! He looked blindly in the direction of her voice. Don't worry, I'm coming for you. Doctor, listen to me. You need to get on the ground and breathe through your hanky. As Clara finished her sentence, she realised that she had the doctor's hanky. I'm nearly with you, the doctor shouted, still running around in a circle. Doctor, use your shirt sleeve. Breathe through it. It's the flowers. They're doing something to us. Nonsense, he scoffed. It's a simple puzzle. I'll have it all worked out in a jiffy. Stop, Clara shouted. Hearing the tone of her voice, the doctor skidded to an abrupt halt. Do you trust me, doctor? She asked slowly and deliberately. The doctor turned his head towards the direction of her voice and she saw him smiling. Always, Clara. Then get on the ground and breathe through your sleeve. I think a hanky would be more appropriate, the doctor said. I always carry a spare one for just such an occasion. Doctor, I've got your... Clara began, but she stopped short and shook her head in amused disbelief as she watched him pull a massive spotted cloth out of the inside pocket of his jacket. He shook it with a flourish, then placed it over his mouth and nose and dropped to the ground. Within moments, the doctor saw the walls of the maze shimmer and start to disappear. He could at last see that they were in a small courtyard just beside the alleyway in which they had first entered the maze. All they had been doing for all this time were walking round and round in circles. He set eyes on Clara 
and scurried across to her on his hands and knees. It seems there may have been a reason why the people abandoned Quipalta, he said. What say we do the same? Clara didn't need asking twice. Still holding their hankies over their faces, they both got to their feet and ran, back up the stairs, past the temples, until they saw the TARDIS. It was right where they had left it. Thrusting his hand into his pocket, the doctor pulled out the TARDIS key and held it up. It must have been here all along, he said, scrutinising it, as though making extra sure that what he was looking at was indeed really there. And the Sonic must have been connected with the TARDIS all along. That pollen did such a thorough job of clouding our senses that we weren't able to see it. Except clever old you worked it out, Clara. He pushed the key into the TARDIS's door, then threw the door open. After you, he said, as Clara burst through it. Once they were both inside, she slammed the door shut, taking a deep breath as she sank to the floor. Thanks for the relaxing day, she said, the glimmer of a smile appearing at the corners of her mouth. I really needed that. The doctor seemed thoughtful, leaning against the central console with his head bent down. All those people having fun, relaxing, driven away by the visions the flowers created, maybe even driven mad. He turned to her and fixed her with a serious look. Clara, I was wrong to not listen to you sooner. It was the maze, doing funny things to my judgment. But I really do trust you. I hope you know that. Still catching her breath, she reassured him with a smile in return. I do, Doctor. And it's okay. You can owe me. One proper spa break, to be redeemed any time of my choosing. The Doctor laughed. <laughs> We'll come back here for a pedicure, shall we? No, thanks, Clara replied emphatically. So much for stopping to smell the flowers, eh? I'd find a battle on a planet that's about to self-destruct from fabric softener overload more relaxing. She thought of Artie and Angie, and how pleased she was that she'd get to see them again. Messy habits and all. How about we just go home for a cup of tea? Oh, yes. And for the trip home... Snacks. The doctor pulled the remaining popcorn from his pockets, looking rather proud of himself. It had by this time melted together into one big messy toffee and popcorn lump, and bits of grey lint fuzzed the outside edges. Clara grimaced. As the doctor held it out towards her, a tiny yellow flower detached itself from the sticky mess and floated innocently to the floor of the TARDIS. The two of them watched it alight between their feet, then looked at one another. Maybe some biscuits instead, the doctor conceded. <laughs>